0: Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House, United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. do something I don't really do a whole lot, and I've only done this a couple times. I'm actually going to be preaching the same sermon that I preached at um, Sturgis today and it's actually this a sermon that I preached here on a Sunday morning 12 years ago everybody stand up in case you don't know why we do that we stand up to honor the text of the word of God if nothing else it's just to show there's a transition from a worship service now to uh, the word of God so and people's gotten lazy with that. Thank you, Sister Michelle. <laughs> but I, I'm going to I'm going to be preaching the exact same message that I preached. It'll be different because of different people here today than there. Uh, it's a different culture between Marion and Sturgis. And to be honest with you, I had something else that I felt like that I was going to do for this service today, knowing that we wouldn't do it in Sunday school, and I was there's going to be a, a preaching service. Um, I had something else that I guess is going to have to wait because as I went through this sermon that I, I had preached at this church 12, uh, 10 years ago, all of a sudden I just began to feel this thing grip my spirit and say, my goodness, I need to also share that with Harvest House once again because from now till then, there's a lot of people here, um, a lot of them not here. Some of you guys are here. A few of you, but it's a possibility. A few of you probably was even Sunday school. I'd done it on a, I done it on a uh, Sunday morning, and a lot of you young people was young enough you didn't care if you did hear it, but you was downstairs in Sunday school. So, um, so nevertheless, I don't plan to be real long. Um, when I get done with this, today we're going to eat pizza, and I have a six-hour drive ahead of me. I'm going to head towards Texas, so um, and I'm hungry already, <laughs> but I'm also more hungry to see somebody's life changed here today, and if you will listen to me today, I'm going to, I believe with all my heart, as much as I feel like what me preaching this is Sturgis today, I think it was more of a will of God for me to preach this here today again. Because there's some people in this place today, you need to hear what the Word has for us today. So I'm not going to be real long, so don't check out with me. Because I'm going to touch some sensitive places in your world today that you're going to feel. But I'm going to give us an answer today to help everyone in this place. So, Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 15. Then I'm going to skip several scriptures and read verse 15. Jacob will have it behind the screen on the screen with us here. And they, this is speaking of Jesus and his disciples, came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. They got in a boat, they sailed across the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, Jesus, when he came out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him. No, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken into pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. To set the stage of this, they basically get off the boat, and evidently at the place they got off the boat, there's a place that had their tombs. Their tombs were caves. They're not like what we have behind us. They put most of their, their, uh, those had passed on, they put them in tombs, caves, and they sealed them up. This man lived there. He was full of multiple demons. that I'll talk about here in a few moments. And he had all kinds of devils. He was tormented. He would cut himself for the pain that he felt. They would try to bind him, the people of the city, and try to help him. But they could not help him. And he would break the chains that they would put on him to try to hold him. In verse 15, after he met Jesus, and they came to Jesus, the city, came to Jesus, and they seen him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion, legion, that means thousands of devils inside of him, sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. I want you to help me to pray today, and I want you, when you pray, say, God, if pastor has something to say to me, to speak to my spirit and my world that will help me change, would you let me receive what he has for me? Would you pray like that today, Lord? I'm asking you to touch every one of us here in this place today. God, I believe it is your will, Lord, that somebody, Lord, receive something great in your, in, in your word today, God. I'm asking you that you would touch every heart and every soul in this congregation, Lord. God, as we come together, Lord. God, we know that hell would like to destroy every person in this place, God. But I believe... Lord, there's people in here today that is ready for a change. There's people here today that is ready for something to happen in their life, God, that would take them beyond where they are, beyond the pain, beyond the circumstances, beyond the area that they are, God. And You would do something incredible, Lord. God, I'm asking You to do it right now in the precious and the wonderful mighty name of Jesus. And everybody say amen? Amen. Her early in my... My secular job, I am a machinist, uh, my secular job outside the church, and I know a lot of you don't know what that is, but how I many ever drove by uh, some of these old strip mines and you've seen the drag lines out there? Anybody ever seen the drag lines, you know what I'm talking about? Got the big, go up real high, and they got the big uh, uh, bucket on it, and they, they use it to dig for the strip mines around here. Well, we did a lot of that kind of work, when I first started working, we would repair them things. And and they would let them things come in a lot of times. And something would break down on it, Brother David. And, and they would bring it to our shop. And what we would do, we would tear the parts, tear it apart. And we'd push shafts out of it. And we'd put new bearings in it. And we'd put it back together and send them. We had this particular part that they brought in. It was big. It was probably, uh, if, if I probably could go a little higher, probably was taller than this. And it, it had these bearings and stuff in it. Oh, you may not understand all of that. But basically, it was nasty. It was greasy. It was disgusting. And I hated these jobs that come in because they always want them back as soon as possible. And even to the point that one time, Brother Jimmy, I had to work 24 hours straight. That's not fun. I can tell you that right now. But this particular time, it, if we had, get it done quicker than 24 hours and brother david we we got it done and they took the minimum they could only enough to get it back in the field and get it operated so they could use it the next day it was still nasty it was still dirty it was still greasy and and i'm thinking you know what this thing's going to come back next week because there's no way as fast as we've done it it's going to be fixed good enough so the boss comes back there and he says i tell you what let's do let's put some paint on it and make it look good and Sister Michelle, I remember, we painted that thing black. And you know what? I, I was afraid it's probably going to break the first day. They put it back in here and be back in here and want to get it fixed again. But it looked good. It looked real good. And, but you know what? It's amazing what a coat of paint will do. I remember we first painted this building last year and people come in and said, You know what? Uh, this place looks good. I was just hoping they didn't look up at that place. I hope they didn't look down the wall and see how crooked the walls are and how the ceilings are sinking in. But it's amazing what a coat of paint will do to make something look better. And today, for a few moments, I want to preach from this thought. More than a coat of paint. More than a coat of paint. How many likes old cars? I like to see old cars. We were driving through Providence, hitting Sturgis today, and, and I seen what I thought was a, um, what do I call it? I forgot now. Anyway, I thought it was one of those super sports. Chevelles. There you go. I thought it was a Chevelle. I thought, man, look at that Chevelle. It was red, looked good. And I got, as I went by, I realized, oh, that's a Malibu. It looked good. It looked real good. And we can take an old car. We can take an old car and we can, I mean, one from way back when, and we can take that thing and we can, and, and, and oh, nasty looking car and we can take it and we can sand it down and we can do some body work, Sister Chastity, and we can, we can fix the dents in it and we can, we can give it a good coat of paint and that car will look really, really good. But in reality, the vehicle won't be any better than it was if the engine doesn't run. If we don't do something to the inside of that thing and we don't, we don't fix it, Brother, brother uh, uh, Preston, you know as well as I do. You know, you've been working on a car yourself, but you can paint that thing. And what, what is your car? Firebird. Firebird. That firebird, you can take that thing and you can paint it and make it look good. But you know what? If you don't do something under that hood and you don't do something on the inside of that car, you're still going to have ripped seats. You're still going to have a greasy old motor. You're going to have a motor that might not even run. It may look good, but that vehicle is still just as old as it was and just as nasty it is on the inside, just as greasy and nasty under the hood. But it, you know what? It appeared better just because it had a coat of paint. It's what we do, as they like, say, as a curb appeal. When you're trying to sell a house, when you're going to try to sell a house, what do you do? You go in and you paint the inside of the house just to make it look good. You know, you're not you not worried about the mold because you're fixing the paint. Let's go ahead and paint over the mold; it will be okay. And, and the truth of the matter is, brother, brother Bobby is not, it's not making it's not making the room look. It's it's not making the room any bigger. But a lot of times, you paint and it looks bigger. It's not going to make it more structural sound because you put another coat of paint on it, Jimmy. But, but you know what? It's still going to be the same house. It's still going to be the same structure if you do nothing to, beyond them walls and you just put some paint on them walls. Yeah. It just looks better. But to function right, we need more than a coat of paint. Amen. Can you imagine walking into a building like this? I thank God for this building. And it needs a total makeover, and, and we did. We we did last year. We we painted the walls, and it looks better. And, and but you know what? It didn't fix that 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 rafter up there that's broke over top of y'all's head. He didn't fix it where it was pushing down on that tile trying to push through right there. He didn't fix the curved walls. And, and, and he walked back. We, we put a coat of paint on that ratty, uh uh ramp out there. And, and you know what? It made it look better. But now you can tell already. We didn't really do nothing to the structure because when you, you walk down, it's like. God, I hope it don't fall. Yeah, we had a cable up there. But it's like saying, "Hey, let's just put some paint on it. It'll make it better. Are we crazy or what? What's that going to do to it? It'd be like, it'd be like cleaning up some—I uh, um, don't know—some kind of structure. You go in there and think, you know, I'm just going to put some paint on it. I'm not worried about the—I'm not worried about the the rotten wood and all that. Let's just paint it. Let's just cover it. Let's don't replace any wood. Let's don't replace anything. And let's just let's just put some paint on it." Brother David, it's like Jesus said, you know, Jesus described it like this. He said, we, we wash the outside of the cup, but the inside of the cup is still dirty. Yeah. He said, well, paint the outside of the tomb, but on the inside of the tomb, it's still full of dead man's bones. Yeah. And unfortunately, so many people think that religion is just simply a coat of paint. They look at it and they think, "Oh, uh, it's some kind of self-improvement to make me feel better till I can get back to the house of God again." And we decide, "Praise God! Uh, you know what? I'm going to start going to church, and I- I'm going to start doing better." And, and and he or she will take some on, they'll take on some new habits, and maybe they'll start reading their Bible a little bit. Maybe they'll start treating people a little bit better, and, and they'll start getting some new patterns in their life, and and there become some more changes, and and there is some changes come to this person. But but church you know what it's just making you look better on the outside if we don't do something about the inside dresses them up but if that's all it is that underneath the sin problem is still there if that is all church could offer us then each one of us would be rotten on the inside, dressed up on the outside. But something on the inside is still broken, and something on the inside is still dirty, and something on the inside is still missing. And hallelujah. But today I come to tell us that God has more to offer than just a simple coat of paint to make you look better when you walk outside of the house of God. When God touches a life, he doesn't just simply dress up the outside. He changes something on the inside of us. Hallelujah. I'm not just a sinner dressed up to look religious where I can post uh, 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 on Facebook and social media some kind of text or take a picture and share it with everybody and let them know I've been to church, praise God. But when, when God does something, He redeems me as a child of God. I am a born again believer. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Not just on the outside, but something on the inside has changed. I'm changed from the inside to the outside. And I got more than just a you coat of paint when God filled me with the Holy Ghost I got salvation and when God filled me with the Holy Ghost praise God He done something on the inside that you can't get praise the Lord by just painting the outside of your life Amen. our text today Jesus is going to an area known as the Gadarenes everybody say that that's fun that's fun to say Gadarenes Come on, somebody say that. That's a fun word to say. Gadarenes. It it bordered the Sea of Galilee in northern Israel. And it was famous, but maybe even more infamous for the people that lived there. And we can read this story in our text like I read today in Mark. You can also find this story in the book of Luke if you are reading through. The Bible, uh, the bread program that we have here, you probably have just read it or fix it or read it in your bread program, but you're probably in the book of Luke right now. And this man lived among the tombs and their tombs, as I said, they were actually caves and he could be heard at all hours of the night screaming in this area because he was tormented and Jimmy he had demons on the inside of you can you imagine the fearful sounds that was coming from that area praise God how many is ever afraid to go inside of a cemetery at nighttime anybody oh come on I'm not afraid of going to a cemetery at nighttime they're dead they ain't gonna do nothing to me <laughs> do you know you can go to the cemetery you can ask them what they're doing and they'll say nothing I'm bad Dad joking, y'all didn't even get it. Come on, hear me. <laughs> <got it> <laughs> Come on, but can you imagine this, this cemetery wasn't like what we got out here. See out here, this, these out here ain't too creepy because they're in the ground and you got tombstones, but you go there. They're, they're tomb, they're, they're, their grave site was a little bit different, like, and they had a cave and they had a stone and rolled in front of it i'm you know you walk through there and you're wondering hey is something going to call Something going to roll that stone out of there and come after me you don't know what's going to happen especially all of a sudden if you're there has anybody ever been out in the woods and hear hear a coyote begin to holler oh i'm telling you what it'll make the hair stand up on the back of your back Um, it'll make hair stand up in places you didn't know you had hair Praise God. Uh, and I've been out there. Me and my cousin went fishing. And we'll uh, side we was going to catfish all night long. And all of a sudden we started hearing some coyotes. And the next thing you know, they're a little bit closer. And the next thing you know, we look at each other and say, we got to go. And we tried to get that boat and that four-wheeler out of that three-wheeler out of there before too long, Jimmy. We left it. We unhooked it and said, let's go. Leave it. We're not worried about it. Got back the next day, and them coyotes had trampled all over our stuff. Well, that's an eerie sound. But can you imagine walking through the tombs and all of a sudden you start hearing this guy. "Ah!" Whatever kind of sound he was making. He was tormented. He had a legion of demons inside of him. Come on, could you imagine Bethany taking Corbin and, and you, you hear the stories and you think, hey, let's go check. Now, if we ever have a hayride, we want to have a hayride down by our house because there's a, there's a graveyard we always used to go to from Star Bethlehem down there. It's, we called it the old Indian graveyard, Indian grave. It's got rocks all piled up on top of it and then a gravestone. And we'd always take send somebody else down there and hide out. And when the, as the hayride come by, somebody would jump out and scare them every time. Could you imagine taking the kids and, and saying, hey, let's go check it out. No doubt there was a lot of kids that wanted to sneak up there and check it out. And all. That guy began to scream and that guy began to cut himself and blood began to rush out of him because he was possessed by a demon. This man, uh, by multiple demons. He was covered with blood and wounds from cutting himself. Mm. His arms, his legs, his face, his body showed the scars of the years of the torment that he had. He ran around unclothed because they couldn't keep clothes on him. And the men of the town, occasionally, they would, they would come together. And they'd say, let's go up there. We're going to take care of this guy. And they'd get up there and no doubt they'd take chains. The Bible lets us know they'd take chains and they'd take fetters and they were able to catch him and they would chain him sister chastity but all of a sudden them demons on the inside of him would begin to uh, rock and roll with a legion of demons and he would cast them off and the people would begin to run because they could tell something was going on with this man the Bible said that no man could tame him what, what's going to help someone like that what is the answer for somebody like that is it religion Maybe it's a nice Sunday school lesson. Bethany, Sister Bethany, and, and Brother Texas led us some good worship songs today. But I want to tell you what it's going to take more than a worship song to help somebody like that. Amen. Brother David, maybe we can get him some uh, uh, John Maxwell self help books or, or some other uh, author that's good at self help. And we can give him some books and he can read those books. So and maybe, maybe we can set him up with a good counselor and, and that counselor can help him out. I'm sorry to tell you today but all that's going to do is put a coat of paint on this man and this man needed more than a coat of paint in his life. He needed to meet someone who could free him from the inside out. He needs someone with the authority and the power to change him. He needs someone who can speak a word into his life and alter everything about his world. He needed Jesus is what he needed. And I want you to know today that none of us need another coat of paint in our life, praise God. We've gotten far too comfortable with coming to church and leaving with a coat of paint on our life. And the reality is we're the same person we was when we walked in the house of God, but we just felt good enough to make us feel good enough to get us back to the house of God again. And it's time for some changes to take place in our world. Not a cosmetic change. Not something to... uh, So people look at us and they think that we're religious. I'm not talking about something to make you go home and just post something on Facebook that said, Hey, we had church, I'm feeling good. Only to fall back in the same place you were the next day. I'm talking about a a God moment when the power of heaven changes something on the inside of us, praise God, when Jesus steps into our world and He absolutely, He definitely, praise God, and He permanently, and with authority, changes something on the inside of us that radically changes our world. Uh, I know. I know that nobody here today is in quite the condition that this man was. But honestly, who would be honest with me tonight or this afternoon, and you would tell me I need a change in my life? Amen. Come on, I ain't, I'm, not, I'm not preaching to people who's got it all together. I'm you got it all life, you've got it all taken care of, and your life is all hunky dory. I don't know about you, but I need some change in my life. Uh, you know, who, who'd be willing to say I'm not what I need to be, Pastor? I have some things in me that nobody can see that God needs to touch. Come on, I got something inside of me. I may, I may look appear good to you, praise God. I can smile real good, but on the inside, I'm hurting. On the inside, there's some pain that you may not be able to see. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the pain that I've been through. You don't know the hurt that I've endured. You don't know what my mama done to me. You don't know what my daddy did to me. You don't know how that divorce I went through hurt me and scarred me. You don't know what it was like to be raised without a daddy and without a mama. You don't Know how that pain on the inside of me when that loved one left me and I wasn't ready for them to leave me. You don't know that pain that I'm dealing with. Hallelujah. No, tonight you may not be living in the tombs, you may not be living in the tombs like this man was, but you're living in depression. You may not be living in them tomb. But I'm going to tell you what. You're living in fear. Amen. And you're living in doubt. And you're living in sin. Yeah. You may not be cutting yourself with stones. But some of you are cutting yourself because of the pain you feel. You know I'm telling you the truth. I know what it's like. I dealt with it, with that beautiful young lady back there. with the pain of being a pastor's daughter and and going through the, the hurt and pain of rejection of one young person coming here after another that hurt her, become friends with her and walk away and she left and felt alone all the time to the point that she hurt so bad she was taking razors and cutting herself and glass and cutting herself because the pain that you feel. I know some of you are there, you feel that pain, you feel that, praise God, and it it hurts and it's bad, and I know not everybody in here is using a knife, and not everybody's using a razor or a piece of glass to cut yourself, but some is cutting themselves with chemicals like drugs. And some is cutting themselves with anger. And some is cutting themselves with abuse. And some is cutting themselves with lust. You may not be running around unclothed, but some probably need to put a little more clothes on. But you're not running around with, with unclothed, but you're running around dressed in bitterness. You're running around dressed with suicidal thoughts. And you're running around dressed with regrets and hopelessness. You may not be breaking chains, praise God, but there are influences in your life that seem to be stronger than you are. And they need to be broke off your life. And you're hostage to the memories of days gone by. And you're hostage to the situation that you're living in right now. And you're hostage to your emotions. And you're hostage to the feelings that you have. And the hurts that you hold captive, praise God. Just as these evil spirits, this man in our text, you're feeling hostage to the situation that you're in today. And there's no coat of paint that's going to fix what you feel. You don't need another routine religious experience in your life. You don't need, praise God, just to come. How We, we, we always keep a tab. of everybody comes through the door, if you come through, if you're a regular, we've we got a place where we'll check your name. If you're somebody who just comes occasionally, we'll write your name down. And we know, praise God. As a matter of fact, I even went back to November the 8th of 2012 and trying to find out who was here because I hate preaching a message that I've already preached to some people. I didn't find it. Finally I said, okay, God, it doesn't matter. You want me to preach this anyway. And obvious I can feel it today. We don't need just another routine church service. If you, wonder one side, if you wonder how come we say, hey, come on, let's worship God, let's praise God. Because that's, if you don't, and you're just coming and showing up and leaving the same way. I wish I brought a paintbrush with me today. It'd be like, yeah, I'm just painting you. I'm just painting you. Bobby, I don't want to just paint you. make you feel good i just don't want to color you up that you can walk out of here and you can feel like oh i I feel good for now but the next time you bump into something and it chips the paint off and you're looking up that pain that hurt it's still on the inside of you and, and all of a sudden before you get back to the house of god the paint's done chipped off all over you and you realize oh god the paint didn't fix it because there's something on the inside that still hurts Jesus brought the answer that this man needed and when Jesus got off that boat that day that man Came and he saw him afar off. He had been looking for Jesus. Oh, he, he might not have known the name of Jesus. I don't know if he'd even heard Jesus. I, I, I kind of question maybe if somebody even come and, and run up there and say, hey, you need to let that man that's, that's over in Nazareth, let him come and he can help you. He's delivering people from uh, demons and he can help you. Maybe somebody called out his name and, and no doubt this man, he looked towards that seed uh, day after day Of the Texas, hoping that that man that possibly they had heard of Jesus would come, because he doesn't look to his his town, he don't look to the people around him, and he realized that they couldn't help him, Sister Michelle, because they had tried. They tried with the chains, they tried to bind him, they tried to help him, but it wasn't doing him no good. And and you know what? He he looked at them and he's thinking, you know what? There's nothing they can do for me. They can't help me. But I've heard about that man Jesus, and I'm hoping he'll come. He'll see me. I hope he'll get off that boat. I hope he'll get off that. No doubt, probably those people that come and got off that boat, he was hoping that was them. But he realized there was no different than anybody else. But finally, one day, Alexis, he looked up, and he saw seen a boat, and he seen some men, and he recognized there was something different about man getting off that boat. He was just looking at him. He realized that something was different. He realized maybe he'll come. Maybe today I'm going to see him. And the day that he seen me, he realized today, maybe I can be changed. He was looking for Jesus. And let me tell you what you're doing today. You may not think you are, but you're looking for Jesus. There's a hurt. There's a pain on the inside of you. And that's why you keep coming to church. You keep showing up. Praise God. I hope you love me. And I hope you enjoy being here but I really believe the reason you're coming there's something on the inside of you that wants to be fixed on the inside you don't want to hurt like this no more you don't want the pain no more some of you you don't want to cut yourself no more you don't want to be in depression you don't want to be in this situation you are in I know you don't I know you don't want to be there praise God and you may or may not know praise God very much about Jesus maybe you've been coming here the whole time and worshiping with us or maybe this is just you've been coming here for just a little while but praise God on the down, on the inside of you you're looking for Jesus you want something to change something has got to change in my family something has got to change in my heart something's got to change in my marriage praise God something has got to change in my life Maybe today is a day that He's going to touch me. Maybe today is a day that He's going to heal me. He's going to heal my mind. He's going to heal my thoughts. Maybe today is a day that God will fill me with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Maybe today is a day that Jesus will work on me from the inside to the outside. Come on, somebody. Hear me today because I'm fixing to give you the answer. Because I know that I'm talking to some people here today. You're hurting. You're in pain. You know why I know that? Because you've told us. You've let us know the pain. You've let us know the hurt that you're in. And whether you be young or whether you be old, you're hurting and you need some change. Praise God. But this man, when he's seen Jesus, the Bible said that he ran to Jesus. Listen, I'm fixing to give you the key how to get this thing fixed on the inside. And he worshipped him there was nothing that would stop him from reaching Jesus because he knew that was his only hope and that was his only answer and today I'm telling you the same thing it is your only hope it is your only answer you've got to be careful cutting yourself because eventually you may cut too deep and you'll lose your life and if you do in that situation I don't want to be in your place you've got to be careful with with, uh, cutting yourself with depression because you can drive yourself so deep that nobody is going to be able to pull you out of that because you gotta shake yourself you can pull this your, if you're not careful with the hurts and the pains that you you've got praise god oh come on you'll bury yourself so deep in anger that nobody can get around you because you're hurtful. you'll hurt you'll be yourself so deep in fear that you'll be afraid to get out of your seat think i can never do it i can never make it but when jesus spoke to the spirits and he asked their name because when this man came running and worshipped him, Jesus stopped him and he said, what is your name? He wasn't speaking to the man. He was speaking to the devil on the inside of him. And, and with the, the, the cries that had rang out throughout that entire area in them tombs, all of a sudden, I, can't, I can only envision what it would sound like with multiple voices over top of each other coming out saying, we are legion. And according to the, Zond- to the uh, Zondervan Bible Commentary, a legion was a term used for a Roman regiment. And it commanded a, a rank of 54,000 foot soldiers and 120 horsemen. What that tells me, there were thousands of devils on the inside of that man. Thousands. We don't know how many, but there was thousands. So That's why he said, we're a legion because we are many. Yes, yes. And all Jesus done... Was looked at that guy and they said, Matter of fact, they said, Look, they realized, we know, we realize you have recognized us in here and we can't stay. So they had to ask permission to even get out of the man. He said, Don't cast us out somewhere. He said, Cast us into the pigs. And all, this is all Jesus done. He said, Go. He didn't have, he didn't shake him all over the place. There's a reason why. I'll tell you in a second. He didn't. We we get people up here and we want to get them delivered and all kinds of stuff. And, and, and us Pentecost where we're back, we shake them from this side of the church to that side of the church. And sometimes it feels like we got to do that. But in reality, when somebody goes running to Jesus and worships him, all Jesus has to say is go. Amen. Because here is the key and I know this is going to rub some wrong and I know some is not going to uh, uh, totally agree with me but I've got Bible right here to back me up because I'm going to tell you what I've had so many people tell me I can't do it I can't worship God I can't do them type of things but let me tell you what the best I can tell there's nobody in here that's full of thousands of demons inside of your life You may have a lot of demons that oppress you and push against you. I don't really think anybody in this place is demon-possessed at all. But this man was possessed by multiple, multiple demons. But when Jesus showed up, there was not a demon on the inside of him that could stop that man from running to the foot of Jesus and falling down and begin to worship him. And I'll tell you today, I don't care what circumstance you're dealing with. I don't care how bad your life has been. I don't care how bad your life is right now. If somebody gets sick and tired of being sick, and tired and would wake up and find where Jesus is I we'll tell you Jesus is here today and we'll go running to the foot of Jesus and fall down praise God and begin to worship him with everything you got on the inside of you then all Jesus you got to say is go and everything in your life immediately can be better I want you to know that nothing can keep you from Jesus if you want to touch him. It was a woman with an issue of blood, sister Penny, waiting out there in that place that she wasn't even supposed to be. She had blood coming out of her body, an issue, most likely, uh, I'm not trying to be nasty or dirty, most likely it was a menstrual cycle that just wouldn't go away, and she had this blood coming from her body for 12 years. She had tried doctors, she had tried men, she had tried all kinds of things to work, and she still continued to bleed. But when she heard about jesus praise god when she heard about him she she took and she crawled through the crowd and she wasn't even supposed to be around anybody she was considered unclean so she wasn't supposed to be even near anybody but you know what she had been to doctors and they tried to paint and they tried to make her feel better with this and that and she walked away and guess what she went and she just Bible said that she could not be touched she could not be healed but when she heard about Jesus she made up her mind I'm going to touch him if I do nothing else in my life and praise God she began to crawl her way through the crowd hallelujah and she made her way through the crowd and she went through there no doubt on her knees and people praise God were probably stepping on her because the Bible said there was a throng or a great people around him circling Jesus because he was doing great miracles and as she began to go through there finally praise the Lord she reached up and found the man she knew it was Jesus because he had the he had the garment of the priest and she seen the writing on the bottom of the him and realized he was the man he was the one that she was Looking for. She reached up and grabbed that, and immediately the Bible said that the blood dried up in her body. She'd made up her mind, I'm going to touch him if I don't do anything else. And immediately she was healed. Hallelujah. And that blood dried up in her body, and all of a sudden something happened, and Jesus said, Whoa, who touched me? I can see Peter, all of a sudden, Brother Texas, he looked at him and said, What do you mean, who touched you, Jesus? Do you see the crowd of people all the way around you and they're thronging you and they're touching you from all over and you said, who touched me? Everybody's touching you. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me different than anybody else because I felt virtue go out of my body. I'm going to tell you what, we're going to be in the midst of a crowd like we have in church and people been, it, it seemed like, uh, oh yo oh we're trying to get a hold of God, but I'm to tell you what, if you will make your mind up, I don't care today, I need more than a coat of paint, I need to walk out of here than something doing something more to make me feel good right now, but I need something that's going to make me feel good for eternity, I need something that's going to fill me up, I need something with virtue hallelujah, and if we can make our mind up that I want to touch him in a way that I've never touched him before I'm telling you what, there's no power in hell can stop you to run to the feet of Jesus and worship him. There is no situation in life that can stop you from running to Jesus and worship him. There is no family background that can stop you from worshiping the Lord. No matter how dark it is, no matter how bad it is, no matter how hopeless it is, the enemy might appear to make it look hard. You can come to Jesus if you want to. And when you do, Jesus will do more than apply a coat of paint to your life. Amen, amen. Jesus will do more than just paint you and make you look good. And if that's all you want, you, you can come to church and we can give you a sedative. We, we, can, we can sing some songs because we know that singing can dull the pain and he can even run the evil spirits away because we see it in the Word of God. When, the, when, when King Saul was feeling the evil spirits, they called for little David to come play the harp and he played the harp and it would run the demons away. But after, after the singing was gone, guess what happened? The demons come back because he didn't have his mind made up that I need a change in my life you rest assured there come a time that you know what and we're going to do that Bethany's going to sing I see you guys singing you sing and you worship God and you feel good while you're here and you walk out and guess what you go back out there back in this world and you face the same old thing again and you, you got some pain on you and you're making you feel better you look better you know people look at oh there's something different about that they look a little better but all of a sudden uh, when you get in that situation them compromise situation and something makes you mad again all of a sudden you, you go off and you realize huh? Oh, I still need something inside of me because there come a point when Saul had them evil spirits on him Brother David they, they called for David to come play the harp and it didn't do him no good and he took a spear and tried to spit, throw it into David because you can keep just wanting to put a coat of paint to the point that it, it don't even work no more because as long as it's broken on the inside it's not going to do no good what is the answer pastor what is the answer? When this community they came out after Jesus delivered him, the community that came out and they saw the man. They were absolutely amazed. He was clothed, insane, and sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know what that tells me, Brother David. He was clothed. He painted him, Sister Chastity, but it also said he was sane. Anybody know what that means? He had his right mind. He wasn't screaming and yelling. He wasn't cutting himself anymore. He didn't feel the pain that he was feeling. He didn't feel all that stuff. But he was closed and was sane. He was in his right mind. He was sitting right where he needed to be to be able to keep that. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Today what somebody in this place needs to realize You can keep coming to the house of God And we're going to keep trying our best To put some pain on you and make you feel better But the moment you decide you know what I'm tired of this life I'm tired of this stuff that I'm dealing with I'm tired of the pain that I'm feeling I promise you if you'll come running to Jesus With unreserved You're not holding nothing back And you say Jesus I love you I worship you this Bible example tells us the key to getting it fixed on the inside is when you make up your mind. I'm tired of the pain. But if you want an easy fix, we'll keep giving it to you. We'll preach, we'll preach feel good messages, we'll preach conviction messages and hope you'll come, but what I'm preaching to you today is you don't have to do that. You can come running you can come running today even before I get done I promise you if somebody without reservation would believe what I'm saying I'm telling you the absolute truth I know it I know it to be true praise God God delivers people immediately and God can give you a healing too but today God wants to deliver somebody immediately that will raise up and say you know what I'm tired of just getting it painted up and feeling, making myself feel good because I look better but I want to feel good because I am better I want to feel good because there's something on the inside of me, praise God. And Jesus didn't dress up a demon-possessed man. He delivered a demoniac. He delivered him of that thing. Mark 5 and 8, he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. There are some unclean spirits, praise God, that needs to come out of some people. Hallelujah. It's more than a coat of pain, It was a deliverance from beyond this world. This was the power of God that impacted a man, praise God, not just for a day or oh, a week, but it impacted this man's life for eternity. Brother David, he said, Jesus, let me go with you. Jesus said son no you can't go with me because I'm still trying to paint I'm still trying to get these guys to figure it out I'm still having to paint them every once in a while these disciples I got they ain't got it figured out yet I'm still having to paint them up because Peter's still going to deny me And, and, and what I need you to do is go back to Gadarenes because they need what you got because I know you got a hold of something that changed you. Because not only do you look good on the outside, but you're sitting there and I can tell you got some peace. I can tell you got a hold of something. Come on, don't that sound good to somebody? Some of you, you lay down at night and you're thinking, Oh God, I just want to die. I just want to kill myself. I'm tired of this life. Oh come on, I'm talking to somebody. You know it. Some of you going to go to the bathroom, praise the Lord. You're going to get out your razor. You're going to get out your knife or whatever it is. You're going to start cutting yourself from the pain. Some of you are going to go and And you're going to reminisce about all the bad things. And you're going to call yourself in that depression. Aren't you tired of that? Aren't you tired of that place? I'm telling you right now, the Word of God is able to break the hold of Satan in your life. And free you forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you play something? I'm done. So, today I didn't come to paint you I came to give a reconstruction Amen. I came today to try to tear out some junk on the inside of some lives been holding that stuff in your life way too long it's going to kill you it's going to kill you You've been, hurting. you've been holding them, that anger. You've been holding that unforgiveness. You've been holding that pain inside of you. you you've been, You. oh, come on. I, I've heard it. How many times have I heard it? I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm not doubting you. I know you're trying to make it. I know you're trying to do your best. But you can't do it. You can't do it. Only Jesus can do it. And that's why he wrote in Matthew 11 and 28. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. What is he saying here? I know you're laboring. I know you're heavy with what you're dealing with. I know you're laboring. And I know you just want to get some rest. And he said, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know what he was saying to them? Come on. You've been packing this thing on your own. You weren't designed to pack that load. You weren't designed to pack that hurt and that pain of the past. You weren't, you weren't designed to, to hold that, that, all that stuff together. Oh, come on. Oh, the best thing we can do is run and fall at the feet of Jesus praise the Lord and then say Jesus I hate the situation I'm in but I love you more than it I hate the circumstances that I'm dealing with but I love you more and if somebody in this place would decide I'm tired Pastor." I'm tired of fighting. Come on, some of you kids, you're trying to fit in with the crowd. Why don't you fit in with Jesus? You're trying to fit in with everything that's going on. You can, you're connected to things that you need to let go. Come on, you, you, you can't come running to Him and, and, and worship Him. You can't, you can't worship Him with a divided heart. You can't worship. A man and, and God at the same time, you've got to worship him. And today, if you will come running to this place and without abandoning, and, and you begin to not worry about the pain and the hurt that you're dealing with, and begin to lift your hands and your voices and say, Jesus, I worship you. I don't understand myself. What do I mean by worship? That means you put God higher than anything else right now in your life. And you say, God, I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't understand what I'm battling, but God, I'm tired of running around in these it's time to run to Jesus. He's got rest for you today. Understand, I'm not talking about a church that will simply make you feel good. I'm not suggesting that I have some program to get you out. Hallelujah, the right course. I'm not saying I'm smart enough to solve your problems. I can't, but I can preach Jesus to you. And I can tell you if you'll give your all to Jesus, He's here right now to change someone's situation, to change somebody's heart, to change somebody's eternity, to change somebody today and tomorrow and forever. Come on, John 10 said the beef of them except to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life. Come on, that's that coat of paint. But then he goes on to say And that they may help it more abundantly Come on, he won't, don't want to just fix the outside But he wants to fix the inside He offers more than a coat of paint He offers more than just life He offers it more abundantly And you can find him here You can find him right now today If you will just begin to worship him Go beyond your pain, go beyond your hurt And surrender your life completely to him And say, Jesus, I don't know what else to do But I love you you is more than a coat of taint to get down.